Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 81 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Do you like to play it safe? Are you a if something's not broke, don't fix it kind of person? Well, we're going to talk about taking risks safely in this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast. With your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to episode 81 of the Reinventure Me podcast, the podcast where we talk about what's next in life. And I am Larry Gates along with Armin Asadi. And we are here to help you discover new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the ventures God's called you into. This is the Reinventure Me podcast. And we're going to talk about how to take risks safely. That's an ironic statement. I know it is. I like it. Yeah, well, we put it out there. We're <laughs> risking a little bit. It's <laughs> all right. I like it. What's well, the biggest risk you've ever taken? Oh, gosh. Let's see here. Probably I'll, stepping out of Craig, starting your own business. That was a big risk. Yeah. But, you know, I guess the biggest risk was also probably the easiest for me to take. But when you look at the whole calculus of life in yeah. terms of the risks that you take, the biggest one is marrying Anna. You know, just marriage in general is Whoa. a risk. And I did it at 21. Oh, gosh, yeah. You know, and so <laughs> young and naive, yeah. or at least I thought I was years ahead of my time. But it was, you know, of course, the biggest risk, you think, because we just celebrated our th- 35 years of... Crazy. And <laughs> I, th- I tend to think between the two of us, I'm much more risk tolerant than Anna. But <laughs> when you kind of measure the exchange of wedding vows here and who got on the winning side of that one i think she took a lot more risk than i did that's funny but i can't imagine perhaps really if you take marriage seriously yeah a a more risky proposition in terms of a life partner you know so that's i'd have to say that was one of the biggest yeah i would say my wife is the only one who took a risk it's pretty safe (laughs) yeah i know i kind of felt the same way you know but when you consider all the possible outcomes right Oh, just there by the grace of God. Yeah. I think this is going to be a fun episode in part because Armin and I are coming at this. Uh, we have each done our prep for this show, but we're kind of keeping our ideas from each other. So we're trying a little bit of a different thing here and make it a little bit more interactive. And yes. uh, so we're taking a little bit of risk even in how we're doing this. Look at that. Change, I didn't change. even think about that. We actually are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if it fails, you will not have heard this because we will go back and redo the show. <laughs> so what kind of the risk. Yeah, what kind of risk is that? <laughs> Which actually, see, that's part of our formula, I think. Safely. Go. But hey, uh, you got a great Inspire Me you pulled up. Yeah, yeah. So Jim Carrey, uh, one of my favorite comedians. And who's that? Uh, I was like, oh, I thought you were serious. Like, what? <laughs> what is happening, Larry? Well, you didn't know Lily Tomlin, so I'm this like doing true. the Jim Carrey thing true. with you. <laughs> um, so Jim Carrey, he's one of my favorite comedians. He 
did it a I can never remember the name of the university, but I think Maharashi. Maharashi, Maharishi, something like that university. He did the commencement speech for the graduating class, and there was a snippet in this commencement speech that stuck out not just to me, but millions of people all around the world. And so we're trying something new here by playing a audio clip of that commencement speech from Jim Carrey. Check well, here you go. My father could have been a great comedian, but he didn't believe that that was possible for him. And so he made a conservative choice. Instead, he got a safe job as an accountant. And when I was 12 years old, he was let go from that safe job. And our family had to do whatever we could to survive. I learned many great lessons from my father, not the least of which was that you can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Well, that's great advice. Right. And I run across so many people, and I have spent so many years myself yeah. <laughs> trying to do stuff that I don't love. Right. And I just think that that's one of the things that's well-heated. Yeah, I mean, even if you think about the last clinic that we just did with Jesse, I mean, that was the advice that you were giving him. Right? Yeah. is that you're putting all your eggs in the basket that you don't even want to do. Yeah. And main reason was basically it was this financial risk that you couldn't take. And yeah. That's how you guided them. Yeah, exactly. So uh, episode 80, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, is a reinvention me clinic where we talked about uh, are you building a bridge or a plank? And yeah. the question really is, are you investing in something that's to your future that you really want to do? Or are you just doing something that's a stopgap measure, which in the end ends in a cul-de-sac right or the ocean (laughs) (laughs) swimming with the sharks swimming with the sharks (laughs) but you know i like how jim carrey put this you can fail at what you don't want so you might as well take a chance on what you love doing and a lot of people live very risk averse lives right and you know i guess i believe armin that there is no one who is fully risk averse you take risks every day right you get up in the morning and just driving in your vehicle or going out is a risk right You, you might lose your life for some reason or whatever. So it isn't a question of whether you're a risk taker or not. It's a question of what you're not willing to take risks around. And that's the question I think we want to talk about today. Right on. So really quickly before we go into it, I just I while I was looking up stuff on risk, one of the things that really popped up to me was a Cornell University study that came out in 1995. Mm. And this was shortly after I saw a quote that says the pain of regret is worse than failure. And then I saw this study, which kind of points directly to this quote. Here's what they found out. This whole research was just based on regret. And what they found out from all the people that they researched, majority of the people that they researched were over the age of 50. And the survey came back and the results were that 75% of the people they surveyed said that they regret the things they didn't do far more than the things they did and failed at. Mm. So one of the biggest pains in life that people had to deal with was wasn't necessarily failing. They were actually really okay with the things that they failed at. There were good stories that they're excited to share, but they had regret around the things that they never actually took the chance or took the risk to do. And that's some of the biggest regrets in their life. And then even a greater percentage of people in this research came back and said that they regret not taking more risk when they were younger. So when they think back into their 20s, they wish they would have taken a ton more risk. Yeah, that's interesting. And you know, the irony of that is that I would guess that a number of the people who didn't do something they would have liked to have done probably didn't do it because they felt like they might fail at it. Yeah, absolutely. And then even the things that they failed at, as you reported, they were okay with. Yeah. 
So when you think about it, it's kind of ironic, right? It, right? When we go through a failure, generally speaking, I think that's true for most of us. We'd go back and we'd look at the things that we didn't do so well in, in our lives and we'd go, you know, I learned something from it. It isn't like I would wish it upon myself again or I'd wish it upon anybody else. Right. But at the end of the day, I came out stronger as a consequence of it. And yet it's that same thing that keeps you, even though you know you can benefit from it, yeah. keeps you from trying something new. It's so true. Yeah. All right, so why don't we first start out with uh, why you think it's a good idea for people to take risk? Yeah, well, I think sometimes this is so trite that we dismiss it as uh, as not relevant. You know, sometimes some of the truisms in life are so obvious that we just don't take it seriously anymore. Yeah. And it's like we don't appreciate green grass or whatever when we see an abundance of it. You yeah. Know? But if you, I guarantee if you lived in the desert, you would be laying in the green grass and enjoying it. That's right? true. Yeah. yeah. But here's the tritism that I think is so true. No risk, no reward. Right. If you really want to experience something of life, you have to go out and you have to take some risk with it. And it's, again, another truism, but that old poster that said, turtles only make progress when they stick their necks out. You know? <laughs> By <laughs> the way. I've never heard that. You haven't? No. <laughs> okay. By the way, I saw this ginormous turtle in my backyard. Saw the, the picture. The, the shell was like 18 inches. <laughs> it's like amazing. Highlight of your week. <laughs> I, know, I know. It's just this big turtle. But they only make progress when they stick their necks out. You know? So the, right. the idea, if you want to move ahead, you are going to have to take risks with something. And I think everybody knows this, right? And it's, it's one of those things, I know it, you know it, and even the most risk-averse person knows it and probably would even agree with it. Right. But the problem is what we don't do is we don't step back and think about where we might be defaulting out of safety. Right. And I think part of the reasons we don't take risk, and maybe you want to talk about uh, some more whys you should, but I think part of the reason why we don't take risk is because we fear a loss. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, we, we don't want to lose something. Yeah. There's something important to us that we, we don't want to have some consequence of loss that strikes us, you know? And if you look just, in, you know, in, in the Bible, it talks about Jesus told a parable about a king who gave his servants minas, three servants, different amounts of minas and told to go invest these things. And it's really a parable about the gifts that each of us have been given to invest but one of them chooses not to invest at all, and it's out of fear. Yeah. It's out of fear of loss. And so he only wanted to return back the very thing that he was given. Right. And, of course, he was reprimanded for that because he didn't take risk. Mm-hmm. You see, the whole issue was you can't sit on what you have. Yeah. You have to do something with it. And if we are looking at the accumulations that we have in life and we are trying to guard a fence around it, then we are pretending that we actually own it. Yeah. And that is not God's view of how we are to live. God's view of how we are to live is everything that we have is his anyway. Yeah. So it really isn't something for us to hoard. It is something for us to utilize as good stewards and invest and reinvest and reinvest again. Right. And that requires risk. Right on. There will be loss. There will be loss. Yeah. But there will be no gain. There'll be greater loss, in fact, if you just hold what you have. Yeah. And that's the, that's the whole lesson of the parable of the, of the minus. Yeah, I love that. I mean, for me, in terms of why you should take more risk, I literally have a list of 22 reasons. Mm. But obviously, oh I'm not going to go through them all. Okay, I will preface with this. I, I love taking risk. Mm-hmm. So 
my insight into risk is very different than someone who is very risk averse. I will say here's what I've learned from taking risk. uh, And I probably correlated that into why you should take more risk is that it really stretches you as a person. It helps you see things about yourself that you didn't know. It helps you build a confidence that you didn't have because it forces you to do things that you weren't going to do before because you were just following status quo, daily rituals, whatever it might have been. You learn so many new things, not just about yourself, but in general, new talents, new skills, new abilities. Mm -hmm. From there, I would say you just grow as a person. You build new relationships. You make connections with people that you never thought you'd be able to make until you stepped out. There's something really appealing about people who are willing to take risks because most people aren't willing to. Mm -hmm. So when you do take a step out and you do take risk, you stand out. Mm -hmm. And there's something appealing about that. You draw people into you. People want to know more about you. Well, I think that's a lot of the reasons why people go to movies, especially adventure or action movies, because there's always somebody doing something crazy (laughs) that in some ways they feel like, oh, they're living a more interesting life because they saw somebody else do it. You know, they're firing that mirror neuron system that says, Hey, I can drive a fast car like James Bond or whatever, you know? So (laughs) there we go. Or I can jump off of buildings like Tom Cruise. But I guess just to add to it, I would just say that there's something about risk that allows you to feel powerful. It allows you to feel proactive. It it just makes things happen rather than waiting for them to happen to you. I I just see people who take risks, taking control of their life Mm -hmm. rather than letting life live them, you know? And I don't know, there's just something really appealing to me. And I can go on and on about risk, but I really love the idea of risk and the concept of risk. And I guess I would say, look at it this way. So look at what it's costing you not to take that risk, mm-hmm. right? Every, it, whatever it is, it's a business that you wanted to start or a ministry you wanted to get involved in or whatever it might be. So let's look at what it costs you not to take that risk. You may be protecting yourself for security reasons or maintaining status quo, but it may be costing your health, your relationships, your creativity, your happiness, your fulfillment, your sense of self-worth and just the ability to feel alive. So when I compare the two, I mean, at some point, there's dreams that people have that I think it's actually, it's costing you more and it's a bigger risk not to go after that thing, whatever whatever that dream may be. Yeah, I think I, I really like how you're describing that because you're you're really pointing out that when we allow ourselves to take risk and when we engage purposefully in taking risk, we release something in ourselves that we didn't know was there and we right. draw a some attention and I think some favorable attention for those who will support us provided that they understand or we understand the level of risk that we take. That's why safe risk is, is a good thing to, <laughs> a good thing to talk about here. Right. But I like what T.S. Eliot said because it's right along the lines you're talking about. He says, only those who risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go. Hmm. And you don't really know what your potential is until you stretch yourself out there. And right. that's what, you know, that's what risk taking is really all about. I don't know about you, but I am my own worst critic internally, my own internal oh, totally. dialogue. Yeah, yeah. And so I know I have that that suppressor dialogue inside of me that basically is is holding me back. Yeah. And not causing me to try things. And I'm a guy that tries lots of things, but I know I am way being held back just by my own internal dialogue. So Absolutely. I've got this damper inside of me that's basically <laughs> saying, You can't do this, you shouldn't do this, you you're gonna lose things. And right. even though I take on a lot of risk. I think a lot of people would describe me that way. Oh, absolutely. But you should hear my mental side of this in terms of all the dampering things. In fact, one of the 
this is the thing that's kind of ironic here is, you know, my ministry that I founded is called Bold Path. Right. Well, it's very difficult to lead a ministry called Bold Path because you wake up every morning and you go, well, I don't feel like I'm leading a very bold path. <laughs> you know? Right. It's more like a chicken path, you know, it's not a bold path. <laughs> and so there's times when you go, I just, am I leading in a mm-hmm. bold and courageous and not an adventurous way? And I want to talk about that because I think there's a difference between venturing, which is what I think we're talking about here, and adventuring, right? And taking a risk is an act of faith. Right. But it's not an act of blind faith. Yeah. It's it's an act of informed faith, right? right? There's a difference between venturing and adventuring. Venturing does it for the benefit of yourself because you get something from it, but you're also benefiting others by doing it. Hmm. You know, when you start a business, when you do whatever you you're doing, not only do you hopefully get some benefit from it, that's so that you can sustain it, but yeah. you're doing it in order to provide some value to others. Hmm. Adventuring is just for personal entertainment. Cliff you know, jumping. yeah, you you go base <laughs> jumping. You know those guys that oh god, I you can't know, wait crazy, to do that. right? Yeah. yeah, but you know you're not really doing that for the benefit of anybody else. Other That's just myself. for your pure thrill, Absolutely. right? Okay. <laughs> Venturing is also long haul. I mean, yes. you, you want to do it so you can sustain it. And that's yeah. why you have to evaluate the risks you take. It's not that you don't take them, yep. but you take them in a safe and measured way. Yeah. Whereas adventuring is for the moment, which is why guys and gals can jump off of antennas or cliffs or whatever yeah. they yeah. want to jump off of and just go, woo, you know, I don't know if I'm going to live in another 20 seconds, but it's fun up until then, you know? That's right. <laughs> and then when you die, you don't even notice. And for me, I wouldn't live 30 feet from the edge of one of those things. You know, I would be like, that's it. I'd die just before I even stepped off. So hard attack on the spot. But the important thing is that when, when we talk about risk, we often talk about taking stupid risks. Mm-hmm. And so when you equate that in your head, you stop taking, evaluating where you're taking risks at because you associate that word risk with this, this blind kind of risk. Right, right. right? And, and it's really important that we make that distinction. Yeah. It's not adventuring risk that we're talking about here. It's venturing risk. Hmm. Let me go back to something you were just saying. So you're talking about the voices in your head. And each time you're about to take a risk, those voices are, the th- it's that thing that's making you not want to take that risk. It's what's stopping you, allowing you to be bold. Let's talk about that a little bit. I'm kind of curious because it's, it's something that I, I, I noticed in, in what I do, but the reasons why people don't take risk. Mm. So based, based on your experience, what, what do you think some of those reasons are? Well, I already mentioned one, which was fear of loss. Right. And usually that's an economic thing. You know, we fear we're going <laughs> to you know, lose our shirt, go yeah. into business, uh, we're going to be in the poor line or, or lose our house or whatever. Right. And those are realistic risks to evaluate. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we should be dismissive about those at all. Sure. But oftentimes I find when I talk to people and even when I consider things for myself, it isn't the economic factor as much. I mean, I know that's there, yeah. but the biggest issue for me is not economic. It's the perceived loss of options. I want to keep my options open. Yeah. I, I don't want to kill any possible future path. Yeah. It's like I'm playing all possibilities to the end, right? <laughs> yeah. And and that's not possible. And if we try to keep all of our options open, we will we will basically shut down mm. 
the possibility of success in any of our options going forward. And I am like guilty in spades in this because I have so many different interests yeah. and I like to try to keep them all open. Open, And I call in my dream intensive workshop, I call this option reduction anxiety. We just get anxious mm-hmm. about the idea of killing anything that we might think, Hey, I'd like to keep doing this. And it's so it's easier to stay on the present path where you can keep all your options in play than to pick one that might cause you to sacrifice one or more of them because you've got to make room for it. Are you a Gen X? (laughs) No, I'm, I'm a boomer. Oh, you're a boomer. I'm a, I'm a late tail on the boomer. Oh, you are. Yeah. Cause uh, that's why I was laughing is there was, and all the research said that there was one generation that was an outlier generation in terms of why they don't take risk where everybody else, it was pretty much common, most common theme, fear failure, except Gen X was one outlier. And their biggest reason was fear of lost opportunity. Mm-hmm. So to go, e- even if it was down to like missing a concert, missing a part. Yeah. Well, I'm just young at heart, I suppose. Yeah. That's why I was laughing at that. Oh my gosh. That's so true. But I didn't know you were a baby boomer. I thought you were Gen X. No, no. Okay. That, that, that makes good. sense. Yeah. Well, we should probably talk about, you know, how do we evaluate risk and and get ourselves into a profile where we're willing to take more risk, but do it in a way that's safe. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you were just talking about that I really appreciate was you separating venturing and adventuring. For me, I think just the experiences I've had with certain people in my life, I think it was easier to get them to start taking risks on the venture side by getting to start taking more risks on the adventure side Mm. um so we would we would go cliff jumping right and then there would be certain guys and girls that would just swim in the river and watch everybody or go jump off the little boulder Mm -hmm. you know but it was it was a process just to get them to say hey let's just go up three more feet and jump from there and knowing certain some of these people when i was in high school to seeing them now i really do see a correlation between what they did on the adventure side and how it applies to their life now on the venture side, because they learned to love risk more, the more they did it. And now that it's 10, 15 years later, they're actually less risk averse now than they were back when they were younger. Well, they're, they're more experienced in knowing that they can try things and trust themselves in it. Right. And know that it's not going to kill them. Yeah. It's not going to be uh, catastrophic yeah. ending or yeah. anything like but you that. You also pointed out a very important principle in just what you said there. And I don't know if you intended to say it this way, but you said just Doubt go it. up three more feet. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the whole point here mm-hmm. is to take risks safely. Mm-hmm. You don't jump to the top of the pole right. to jump off. You yeah. jump off from the little boulder, right. you know, or whatever, and you go up just three more feet. Right. You know, so that is the the formula is you don't push yourself to break, but you push yourself to stretch. Right. So funny, funny story about that exact same thing. I tried to show off that same day we were cliff jumping. Yeah. yeah. I jumped from <laughs> 65 feet, but I forgot to point my feet down. Oh, no. So my toes down. Uh-huh. I went flat footed into the water. Ouch. I couldn't walk for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like, watch, it's totally safe. <laughs> yeah. As we carry our mean out. <laughs> I literally couldn't walk. <laughs> Sorry, just a side note. <laughs> so just that's a that's a, a consumer warning for anybody that is following our mean into anything that he says, Hey, look, watch me. <laughs> totally safe. Watch me not be able to walk for two weeks now. But yeah, that's a solid point. I do agree with that. It is it's incremental. It doesn't have to be, you know, like we were talking about in the last episode, difference between 
building a bridge and building a plank. Right. And you could be a transitional point for you right. in terms of what kind of risk you take. Yeah. Well, I see three steps really to taking risks safely. The first is really uh, framing your attitude and, yeah. and having the right kind of attitude. And that is to focus on what you hope to gain, not on what you hope not to lose. Yeah. And it's, it's summed up again, another trite phrase that we take for granted, but mm. it has all the truth. That is you play to win, not play, not to lose. Hmm. You know, so we're playing to win, not playing to not lose. Right. And that's the, that's the key in terms of how, how am I framing my thinking? So just to ask yourself, am I playing to win? Am I playing to not lose? Am I trying to keep myself safe? Survive or versus I, thrive. Yeah. Survive yeah. versus thrive. It yeah. could be considered the abundance versus poverty mentality as well that might be driving some of that thinking. Mm. So the first is just to align your thinking, your attitude. The second is to ask. And here's a question I like to ask when I think about, because a lot of times they're economic, you know, the, the risks that we have, the safety have, that we have is, is to just ask myself, if I were given $10,000 to just invest in this idea mm-hmm. or $50,000 to invest in this sure. idea or a hundred thousand, something that's reasonable, but not outrageous. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't actually think anybody can reasonably answer the question. If you were given, uh, if money were no object, because most people can never imagine what yeah, money, no object right. looks like. Right. But if I said, hey, I got a $10,000 check or I got a $5,000 check or I got a $1,000 check, yeah. what would I do with that? What would that cause me? How would I invest that? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the application of the parable of the minus. So just imagine now you're given that. What would you do with it? And then, the, the, of course, the next thing is to act. And yeah. that's to work that question backwards. So now you know what you'd do if you had it. So now ask yourself, what's the smallest thing that I can do that would show some progress toward it? So that's yeah. that idea of the effective minimum dose. Mm-hmm. What's the smallest step I can take that would show some progress toward it? Because once you get momentum around moving out with it, yeah. it starts to cascade. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon that going up three more feet, well, I that wasn't so bad. I'm going to go up five feet next time. Yeah, you know, exactly. And pretty soon you're going up to the top and nobody has told you to point your toes. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> but you know what? You know, the next time you do that, uh, what are you going to do first? Right. Which is funny. Now I, I get scared of anything above 50 feet. I freak out. Now I won't jump. <laughs> so, there That's you. another episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what to do PTSD. when risk goes bad. <laughs> Seriously. I need that episode. <laughs> But I totally agree with that. Uh, one of the notes I had here, was, and obviously you said it in a lot better way than I could have, but I, I just put quick start versus never try. Mm. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people, when they see something or think of something that they want to do, they get so stuck in just analyzing the situation, researching the situation, or or on the other side of it is before they even research it, they just make a million excuses. But either way you just shut down and you never try where I guess I would recommend is just do a quick start, right? Mm. If you have a business idea, just build a minimum viable product. Don't worry about building the perfect product and just test it. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't even need to sell it. Go meet with the people that could be your potential customers and ask them, here's what I want to do. Would you buy it? If so, how much would you pay for it? Just uh, even the, the idea of a paper test of something is right. And it can, it can reaffirm for you, whether you believe in the idea enough yeah. to invest in the next step as well. Yeah, and it'll give you a realistic outlook of what it's going to look like. And yeah. once you have that, you'll find out really quick if I want to do this or not. Yeah. Right? Well, what else you got there? All right. So the other thing I would say is this. Create two categories, excuses, challenges. 
if you're making excuses, put them in the excuses category and eliminate the excuses. And if they're challenges that you foresee in terms of what you what risk you want to take, what venture you want to go after, process those challenges and see what it takes to actually tackle those challenges. A lot of times we think challenges are impossible to solve or problems are impossible to solve in reality, they're not. If you can figure it out what it is, money might solve it, business partner might solve it, a relationship could solve it, a tool, a resource, something mm-hmm. could solve it. But if you can list out what those challenges are, you'll find out really quickly that whatever you want to go after is actually tangible and it's very attainable. If you know what those challenges are, you can tackle them. Yeah, it's good. Well, while we're talking about challenges, we should talk about challenge me. Sure. Well, let's see. Let's have this. Let's let's put this out as a challenge me here. So I think the first place to start is to identify perhaps a risk that you might be resisting against something that's important to you. Right. Yeah. So that might have come up even while you're listening to this episode. So if you found that as you were listening to Armin and I just kind of kick the tires on this topic, uh, maybe there's something that came to mind where you go, you know, yeah, I kind of have been resisting that and maybe that is a good idea. I should do something with it. Ask yourself, what's the smallest, most most effective step you could take to tackle it, to to move toward it? And that's it. That's yeah. your challenge. Is just do something. Yeah. You know, if I were Nike, I might use the words "do it." Just, <laughs> just do, do it. it. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. We sure hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, you can find the show notes for this show at reinventure.me slash 81. And I want to I suggest one thing. I mean that our listeners could actually maybe even get these show notes sent directly to their email box. Yeah. yeah. Do you know that I can do that? I do know that. I'm, I'm one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. You gave the right answer. <laughs> so listen, you can subscribe to our receive our show notes straight to your email when they're published. And just go to the reinventure.me website, enter your email address, And that way you'll get the show notes. It'll also have a link to listen to this if you're on the web, or you can, of course, get this on your portable player, your iPhone, your smartphone, or whatever you're using. And uh, we'd love to get your feedback. Find the show at reinventure.me slash 81. Leave us a comment or call our show line at 612-314-5447. This is Larry Gates along with Armin Asad. And we thank you for listening to this show. And would you let your friends know about it if you enjoyed this episode? Just pass along to them and say, hey, these guys, half the time they don't know what they're talking about, but half the time (laughs) they say some pretty stupid stuff. So listen, you might enjoy it. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.